Welcome, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast once again. Uh, and this month, it is my great pleasure, my joy, my honor to welcome the, the illustrious Ooh. Ollie Ward to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Ollie, uh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, let's have a little bit of introduction to yourself. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your family. Tell us a little bit about your journey into youth ministry. Yeah. Uh, and tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing now before we introduce the topic of our conversation today. Of course. So yeah, I, uh, I live in West Malden. Uh, I work at Regents, teaching on the uh, youth ministry course, heading that up alongside yourself. Uh, and how did I get into that? I kind of, I kind of bounce between youth ministry and theatre my whole kind of life, um, largely because when I, I love, I love acting, I love performance, and when I was on stage, when I was around people on stage, I felt like there was this fullness of life about them. They were a little bit more eccentric, a little bit more crazy. And there was this fullness that I did. I thought that was just a stereotype, no? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. It's absolutely <laughs> true that you have to be crazy to get on stage. Okay, okay. Um, if you want all those people looking at you, you've got to... <laughs> uh, so, so there was this, this fullness. And I always thought, oh, that's, that's what I read in the Bible. That's what I kind of I want from church. But sometimes didn't, often didn't experience that at church. So I kind of had this battle, oh, am I called to theatre, am I called to church? And I kind of bounced between working at a theatre then being a youth uh, interim pastor at a Baptist church. Um, and then I came here, studied performing arts, um, and encountered theology, proper kind of academic theology. And at first I was like, what? I don't want to do this, God. Why on earth have you called me here? I just want to act and want to tell stories to young people and want to see people changed. Um, and it was through that thinking and that, that having to stop and reflect that really affected my practice. Um, and so from there, I ended up doing a master's, teaching part-time. And then recently, God's kind of been talking to me about getting back into youth ministry, about bringing some of that fullness and that creativity that I've discovered, but mixing it with some of this theology stuff um, and trying to get young people into that. Amazing. And you've recently become a dad? I have recently become a dad. Yeah, I probably should have started with that, shouldn't I? <laughs> so he's now seven weeks old. Wow. Eight weeks old. So uh, so you're tired. That's why I look like this. <laughs> and while you're saying that's why I look like this, it's worth saying for those who are listening yes. to the podcast via usual means that for the very first time, uh, we are filming the podcast. Cool. And so if all goes to plan, then we hope it will be up on YouTube uh, for, so that you can see Ollie's bags under his eyes, yeah. uh, right. rather than just imagine them <laughs> yeah. on the on uh, by listening to the podcast. Um, okay, so we're going to talk today about practical theology and youth ministry and reflective practice. Yes. For those who are not familiar with the those terms, tell me, Ollie, what is practical theology? What is reflective practice? How do those things work together? Excellent, excellent question. Well, like like any theology. It's essentially reflection on God and reflection on God's action. That's basically what theology means. 
Let's um, say that one more time because that's a real nice, succinct definition. Nice nugget there. Yeah. One. So theology is all, all it is really is reflection on God and reflection on God's action. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, so you, you've got lots of different types of theology: biblical theology, systematic theology, historical theology. Um, but they're all really different ways to reflect on what we know about God and what we see God doing in the world. Um, and practical theology kind of separates itself slightly from other disciplines in that it starts in practice, it starts in experience. So rather than learning uh, a, a kind of a doctrine or, or, or a system of thinking, or rather than reading the Bible and saying, ah, yes, that means this, great, I'll put that into practice. With practical theology, you start with the practice. You start with the experience. You say, oh, that was interesting. That happened. I wonder what that tells me about God. And you kind of reflect backwards using the Bible, using tradition to help you understand your experience and then to kind of generate your your response to that experience, how you move forward. So it, is, it really is rooted in, in practice, in experience, and brings some of our rich heritage as Christians to kind of bear on that. Okay, so so let me let me just ask you this then: is is there a is there a danger with the discipline of practical theology as opposed to say a systematic theology, whereby we we value the individual experience of God mm-hmm. more than we value the the truth of Scripture? Because I guess that we would say that experience is very subjective in that my experience of God is very subjective. It's very much open to interpretation. Uh, even if I hear the voice of God through someone sharing a prophetic word or through a, through a picture, then yes, God speaks in those ways, but I perhaps wouldn't trust it in the same way mm-hmm. that I would trust a revelation from the scripture, from the scripture from the word, yeah. so is there perhaps a, a danger in the discipline of practical theology in that it puts it puts the place of experience or elevates the place of experience, my personal experience above that of the authority of scripture? Okay, uh, I think there could be yes if you're not doing it properly. Okay, just stop at the first bit of practical theology. So, yeah, that's my experience. That tells me God's like this. Great. Here we go. Woo. Yeah, um, and perhaps sometimes the kind of the view of Pentecostal charismatics is that we have this kind of ecstatic experience. Oh, I've got all I need about God. Off we go. And we leave the, the doctrine, the, the theology, the, the reflective practice behind. So that's why practical theology and reflective practice go hand in hand. Yes. Because you have the experience and then you need to reflect, okay, what, what was that about? What was that, and what does that tell me about God in relation to the Bible, in relation to Christian tradition over thousands and thousands of years, not discounting that stuff and saying, oh, well, that, that's all old now. This is the new thing God's doing. It's, it's trying to contextualize the new thing that God's doing in light of the kind of the history and the, the biblical tradition and the word and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so is it a case then that I would, uh, I would take my experience of God um, and I would say, well, that was interesting. I, I felt this or I experienced this in his presence. And then I would take that to the scripture and I would, in that way, test my experience or check my experience according to the, yeah. the, the, the scripture. And, and rather than, uh, rather than uh, allowing my experience to redefine the scripture, I'd allow the scripture to redefine my experience. Yes, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think that, that's 
that's the safer way to talk about it. Okay. In truth, it's actually a bit of both. Okay. It's allowing your experience to help you not necessarily redefine, but contextualize and understand the scripture, but also allowing the scripture to help you understand your experience. Um, and not just the scripture, tradition, friends, elders in the church, people that you look up to and all that, all that stuff that you kind of have as your foundation, you allow that to speak to and define your experience whilst your experience helps you speak to and define that tradition. So Richard Osmer, for example, who is a practical theologian, kind of says that it's practical theology is rooted in Christ and it's rooted in the, the kind of four offices of Christ, which realistically come down to these four questions. So uh, what, what's, what's going on or what's happening? Why is it happening? Uh, what should be happening? And how do I respond? So the first two are kind of okay. listening, paying attention, being present, um, and allowing the experience to happen. And so I guess sometimes, particularly for myself, I can get cynical in a service. I can get, uh, or I don't think God would do that, or I'm, I'm not sure about that. But we read in the Bible, and this is where the two help each other. We read in the Bible that God did loads of weird stuff, and Jesus never seemed to conform to the religious practice of his day. In fact, if you look at the what Jesus asks of the rich young ruler is totally different to what Jesus asks the woman at the well. Um, so Jesus isn't operating out of a model or a, a kind of a, a rigid set. Well, this is how we do practice. He's, he's alive and open and present to people. Yeah. But then, so take the woman at the well, for example. He, he listens to her. He's present with her. So what, what's, what's going on? He then asks, why is it happening? And he gets a prophetic word, or he's God. So it's kind of like cheating, really. <laughs> um, but he knows what's going on because he's got prophetic insight. Um, so that's, that's the what's going on. That's the why it's going on. And then he says, what, what should be happening? And that's where I think we take our experience and we look at it in light of Scripture and we look at it in light of historical thought on God and the wealth of tradition that we have. And we say, oh, I can see that your life is like this. The Bible tells me, my friends and Christian church tell me that, that, is, that that's not true about your life. You don't need to live your life like this. There's a better way to live your life. This is what should be going on. But then the fourth question is crucial. How do I respond? So it's not just listen, be present, work out what's going on, and then give them the theology that they need to go away and sort out. It's, no, no, listen, be present, what should be going on, think about it in light of the scriptures, in light of theology, and then still think, okay, how do I combine those two and respond to this individual person? Okay, great. So are those four questions the anchoring principles behind reflective practice then? So is that how I would do reflective practice, by taking an experience and processing, processing it through those four questions? Yes, I, th I think so. And essentially, you're doing it to yourself. You're saying, what, what did I do? Yes. Why did I do that? Yeah. What should I have done in light of what other people say about youth ministry practice, in light of theology? Yeah. And how am I going to respond in the future? Okay, this is really, really good stuff. Let, let's, just, let's just stay here for, for a moment, because I think this is going to be real helpful for um, our youth leaders listening and watching. Uh, so, let's say, for example, let's anchor this in, in youth ministry. Yes. So, let, so let, let's say, uh, let's, let's take a reasonably regular uh, experience that you and I would have in our own youth groups. Let's, let's say that it, it's, a, it's, a, it's your Friday night youth club. Mm -hmm. You've got a bunch of people there who are Christians. You've got a bunch of people there 
who are not Christians, okay? Let's, let's say that uh, you're engaging in some discussion around faith. Mm-hmm. Um, let's then say that in that conversation, one of the young people who's in your youth group um, is critical about the, who is a Christian, is critical about the behavior or the lifestyle choices okay. of one of the young people in your group who isn't a Christian. Maybe they're sleeping with their girlfriend mm-hmm. um, and the, the young person who's a Christian says, well, you shouldn't be doing that because the Bible says. Uh, and you try to engage in that conversation. You try to, to, to deal with that on the spot. But the person who isn't a Christian, who's in your youth group, is visibly upset, you're worried they're not coming back and therefore they're going to exit the journey you've been on with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so it all kind of happens in the night. You do your best to have the conversation there and to manage that. You do your best to follow up with that young person, who, or both the one who is a Christian and one who isn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. And then you go home mm-hmm. and you do some reflective practice. So in that scenario, talk us through what reflective practice would look like in, in that instance. Okay. So using those four questions. Using those four questions from my perspective as the youth. From your perspective as the youth leader, yeah. Okay. So I guess the first thing to think about is what what happened, what what's going on. Um, so it was a, d- a discussion uh, and there was a disagreement and there was a clash between two worldviews in a sense. So I guess my reflective practice tells me that why did that happen? Well, perhaps that happened because the way I set up the discussion or the way I, I began to involve the young people in discussion, put it as like a versus situation. Okay, yeah, great. Rather than a discussion. So maybe that's the why. Yeah. Uh, maybe the why is that actually the, the young person that challenged the non-Christian is, is struggling with the same issue themselves. Yeah. And so responded out of anger and out of kind of uh, guilt on themselves rather than trying to love and listen and appreciate the other person. Um, so those, those, and there could be a bunch of other reasons. I think, okay, why, why did that happen? Because sometimes we just think, oh, that happened, that, that shouldn't have happened, and we jump straight to the what should happen, and then we can try and try Very and good. fix the problem. And, and you miss an important stage, which is trying to understand why. Why, is it, yeah. why. why did that happen? What was it? Was it something that I did? Was it something that's the person going through? Was it the, the space we created? Da, 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 da. Um, once, once you've worked out that, I guess probably then the, the sensible thing would be to think through those whys with someone else on the youth team or with the young person or the young people, um, both of them, and to, to say, is this, is this why you responded like that? Is this why you felt like that? And then to help them reflect on what should have happened. So if, if, that was, if the same situation happens again, how, how do you think you should respond? So you're then doing the, the how should you respond and uh, how am I going to respond in the same thing with the young person rather than just with you? So you help them think, okay, you're helping them do reflective practices. Okay, well. okay. Um, okay, so I, I realise now that I, I, I got carried away in the moment. Everyone was kind of, it started off as a joke and we were just kind of ripping each other and opposing worldviews. And then it got serious quite quickly. And I, and I just kind of kept kept on going and started attacking this person. And after I felt really bad. And so next time I'm going to realize actually that the best way is to, to listen first and then respond. Um, something like that. Great. Be good. Great. Okay. So that's helpful. So that's helping me to anchor it a little bit in, in my youth ministry. I'm understanding what practical, practical theology is. I'm understanding what reflective practice is a little bit better now. Um, 
What's the difference then between practical theology and applied theology? Mm. Because here at, here at Regents, our youth ministry program is uh, youth ministry and applied theology. But we talk a lot in, in our course and in our teaching, we talk a lot about practical theology. Mm. Tell us what the difference is. Yeah, and I, I think in, in academic circles, definitely, and I think even longer in kind of practice circles and church circles, I think practical theology has become more and more popular and then people are using that model more rather than applied. Um, so what's the difference? Practical theology starts in practice. It starts yeah. with the experience and reflects backwards. Yeah. Uh, applied theology starts in, in the Bible, in the tradition, and reflects forwards. Okay. So it says, this is what the Bible tells me about such and such. How do I put that into practice in my life? Yes. So you, you learn something that's detached from practice, and then you then try to kind of contextualize it and adapt it to practice. Whereas practical theology, you have the practice, the experience, you think, oh, what on earth happened there? And then you look back to the, to the theory, to the thinking, to help you understand. Would, then it, would, would it then be fair to say that, it, that it's more fluid than the terms uh, imply, in that there would be occasions where we would be doing applied theology, starting with the scripture and reflecting forward, and there would be times where we would be doing more the discipline of practical yeah. theology, taking experience, and, and, and it's not one or the other, but those things are... are yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. They're, they're, all, they're all intertwined. And something like practical theology is not new. It's not a new thinking. Like If you look at something like the Reformation, yeah. for example, you could argue that started as a practical theology that started with Martin Luther being aware of the experience of, of, of the church and of people and thinking that doesn't, seem, that doesn't seem right. What's going on? Why is this going on? It's going on because of indulgences, because of the, the control of the church over the scriptures. And, that's, that doesn't, and what should be happening? Well, that doesn't seem to be right. He, re, he read the Bible, started interpreting the Bible uh, in, in, into German and says, well, the Bible doesn't seem to say that priests need to do this, that people need to buy indulgences to, to help them forgive their sins and forgive the sins of others. There's this thing about grace. Well, that's interesting. How do I respond? Well, I start preaching about grace. Um, and so what started as a, a practical, started in practical theology has now become systematic theology. It's become doctrine. It's yeah. become the way we do I stuff. see, yeah. Um, and so re really they're all intertwined. It's just yeah. that yeah. when you think from a practical theology mindset, it helps you adapt to your surroundings, your changing culture, which in youth ministry is, is crucial because it changes so fast in yeah. youth culture. And it helps you adapt quicker rather than, I don't know, waiting for a book to be published for someone to say, well, I did this and it was successful. You think, okay, great. That's yeah, what okay. in this situation. Great. So, so you've touched on this a little bit, Ollie, but um, uh, I want to know why you believe this is important for youth leaders. Uh, obviously, you are giving uh, all of your working life <laughs> over to, or the majority of your working life, I guess, over to helping youth leaders become reflective practitioners. So you obviously believe it's important for youth yeah. ministry, but why? Why is it important? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I guess from a personal perspective, it's, it's the way I think. It's the way I operate. Is I, I like to to go from experience, to go from what's happening, um, and, then, and then to look back ra rather than just to... I've, ne I've never been one to say, oh, this is how it is. This is how then it should be everywhere. Um, so there's a, a kind of, it's, it's just how I'm wired. And there's nothing wrong with someone that says, well, this is what the Bible says. This is how it should be. I'm not opposing those two ways of thinking. It's just how I am. Why I think it's crucial for youth ministry, I, I would say lots, lots of the current research that's coming out suggests that 
young people um, identify as spiritual or identify even as Christian, but they don't see that as relevant to their lives or they're not interested in finding out more or there's a disconnect between their own personal experience and the work of the church. And I, I just wonder, I'm obviously not alone in this wondering, whether or not that's because we've we've gone for this, oh, this person says this is how it, to do it successfully and we try and apply a model, which essentially is working from the results backwards. So we see something that gets good results and we think, yes, I'll, I'll do that in my context because I'll get good results. And there's, in a sense, that's, that's quite clever thinking in a way because you, if, if someone says to you, here's a group of people, go and do ministry, what, what the heck do you do? So you look, using your wisdom, you look for advice and you, you read and you look at what wise people are doing and you think, yes, I'll try and do that in my context. But I think in doing that, we, we divorce Christianity from the young people's experience because inevitably books and models are always a little bit behind because they're, they're really good thought and really good thought takes time to work through and to publish and to be checked and then to be released. So whenever a book is released, it's always a few years behind where society is at. Whereas if you're coming from a practice perspective, a practical um, theological perspective, you can say, okay, what, who have I got in front of me? Who are these people? What is their experience of God? And now let's, let's work with that. Let, let, let's let's start building teaching programs. Let's start doing events based on what their interests are, what their experiences are. And I think then suddenly it's, it's rooted 100% in their own experience, their own practice. I think then they can't say, well, it's, it's irrelevant to my life because you're helping them. I guess, I guess really you're helping them or you're teaching them the way to think rather than what to think. Okay. And I think that's always more fruitful. Mm. Um, it's... it's Sometimes it's useful to think, oh, this is what I need to think when you're in a real, real troubling situation like that. But I think it's always more fruitful to say, okay, this is the way to think. This is how I think. And helping, the, helping young people to, to unpack that themselves. Because a lot of the Bible, at first glance, doesn't seem to apply to our culture. Because there's such a, a difference in time and a difference in location geographically. And, and there's just so many differences. So it's really hard to... To do, a, to do a teaching session, to outline a whole bunch of biblical theology and then say, right, this, that's what Jesus says, go and do it, guys. Off you go, go do it, come on. Um, and they think, okay, great, well, what, how, am I, how am I supposed to heal the leper? Where's the leper in my community? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So starting in their experience, which is how I see Jesus working. I see Jesus going to people, listening to them, seeing where they're at, and then using his wealth of knowledge. And again, he's cheating because he's God. <laughs> but there you go. Um, using his wealth of knowledge to to input into that individual's circumstance and to help them create a, th- a theology that's exactly what they're going through, exactly their experience, and enables them to connect to God. And Brilliant. That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Fantastic. Okay, so last question then before we wrap up. Uh, I, I'm putting myself in the shoes of, of the listener or the viewer. Uh, who is thinking, well, Ollie, this this is great for you. You're obviously, you know, academic. You're obviously a good thinker, but that's not me. I'm not a theologian. Uh, I just like, you know, getting on with it and pastoring young people and being in schools and, you know, doing detached work and being among young people and, uh, you know, mm. being on the ground doing it. I don't think this is this is really for me. So help us to understand the importance of this by sharing with us a time that, 
that your understanding of practical theology and reflective practice had a tangible impact on your work with young people that had you not uh, had you not been practicing this discipline you might not have adjusted your practice because of it am i making sense i think so yes okay so a real tangible way that this the discipline of a reflective practice or practical theology has impacted your youth actual like doing at your actual doing yeah okay um Yes, very good. There was a, a time where uh, I was leading a, a Sunday morning session with the youth of church, um, and the topic was on, we were going through a series of Jesus encounters with people, Yeah. Uh, and my the topic I was doing was Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus, Yeah. and this idea of being born again, which mm. is quite a complex idea to understand anyway, and, yeah. and Nicodemus struggles to understand it as well. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what the session was on, and uh, just before we went out to... Brave, which is what the group's called, uh, these two lads from the Friday night kind of detached work that the churches together must have been doing just kind of waltzed into church. We were like, oh, great to see him, great to see him. And I was thinking, yeah, great to see him. What the heck do I do? Because they're going to want to come out to, they're going to want to come out to the group with all the others. How on earth do I now talk about being born again with people that have, this is the first time ever in church? Okay, great. Um, so I guess then I was thinking, okay, help my my model or my preparation isn't adequate for the task ahead of me or, or what's okay. ahead of me yeah. so I think so I, we, we got in there and we, we read the we read the scripture together I always like getting them to, to read it and that's always proved um, fruitful for them and I thought okay rather than me trying to teach it and expand it and then get them to reflect on it I'll start with their experience okay so that's that's know. the practical theology bit yeah the practical theology bit kicking in so I said okay on a bit of paper Write down everything you know about Jesus. And anything that you know um, or have experienced about Jesus, just, just write, whatever, however weird it sounds, or however, and for those that have been in church for a while, even if you think it doesn't conform to biblical norms, write it down okay. on paper. Um, and then after, after they'd done that, we went round and we discussed some of these ideas. And I was amazed to see the length of the list that these two lads had written so they they clearly knew something about Jesus, even though they had no contact with church ever before. Um, they obviously knew something yeah. about Jesus, um, and they were obviously thinking about Jesus, which surprised me. Um, and then we started to just to question some of those things. And at first, I was a little bit worried about it because it, it went deep quite quick. Mm. So it was like Jesus is the Son of God was one of the things that someone had written. I said, "Okay, well, what does that mean?" The young person was like, uh, "What do you mean?" Uh, well, does it mean that God gave birth to Jesus? No, 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 that was Mary. Okay, so does that mean that Mary and God had sex and produced Jesus? No, 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 that can't be right. Well, okay, so how is, how is God the father of Mary the mother then? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, I see what you're doing, yeah. yeah. So you're just, just starting to... And peeling back the surface of, uh, of the surface surface, yeah, surface. <laughs> of, uh, of those things that people say without really thinking and you're just getting into it yeah, yeah okay great great yeah. um, and so I was a little bit worried about it yeah um, but the, the, the kids the, the two lads that came seemed interested at least engaged and then we did a prayer exercise with a candle and they started trying to set light to the bibles and things so that quickly got out of control we had to stop that bit um, but then using my reflective practice kicking in uh, it, and thinking about the session afterwards, I think it, it revealed two things to me. One, that the youth that I have regularly on a Sunday morning, actually, some of the stuff I teach them 
is disconnected from their life, that they, they know it and they are aware that it is a thing, but it doesn't mean a lot to them. And it okay. doesn't yeah. necessarily affect what they're doing day to day and it doesn't frame their relationship with God, which if that's the case, I'm failing essentially, yeah. essentially so I need to do a big change there. Um, and it, on the other side of the reflection with these two lads, it made me realise that actually they're, they're really, really interested in mm. this stuff. And even though they were like from the council state across the road, like totally disconnected from church, when people started saying, oh, hold on, yeah, maybe, maybe Mary isn't the mother of God. They were like, no, 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 she is. She is, we know she is. And they were chipping into this discussion. Yeah. Um, and I think for me going forward when I meet with these lads, and if they ever come back, hopefully they will, um, I'll be less afraid to engage in some of this yeah. deep stuff. Because if I can connect it to their experience, if I can connect it to what they already know, yeah. and start there, they're absolutely central to the conversation. They're not on the side, and you're trying to kind of drag them into, yeah, okay. you need to learn this. Yeah, so, so, so you were doing some of that on the fly as you yeah. went, but did your, did your, then, did your sessions then change subsequently because of how you reflected on it. Yeah, they will, they will do, yeah. So um, I've not done a session since then because okay. I've been off um, on paternity leave and not sleeping. And, yeah, yeah. but when you go back. Yeah. Yeah, but when I go back, yeah, absolutely. So In think, what way will it look, look different? Well, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to start from their experience. Yeah, okay. So rather, yeah. rather than think, okay, right, my session plan is, is this. So we use um, Urban Saints Energize. Um, on the volunteer team and we all get a session given to us by the youth leader on that and we're asked to pick the different activities from that which is great because we haven't got a lot of time to do it yeah. because you can quickly drag it together but rather than thinking okay I need to get through this stuff I need by the end of it if the level of success of my session is whether or not they've read the bible and gained some sort of knowledge about what the bible says yeah. I'll flip it I think and I'll do okay we'll, we'll do some of the session plan but then we'll say well, what, do, what do you know about this and think about that, and then we'll reflect from the biblical characters' perspective as well. Well, this is okay. what, this is what yeah. they knew about Jesus, or this is what they okay. knew about God. Because let's read what happened to them. Let's read their experience. How does it compare to your experience? How does it? Yeah. Um, and I'm going to try and help them unpack stuff together. Um, it's. I think it's it's worth saying that this doesn't instantly create a, a beautiful, successful session. Yeah. I've still got to stop them from slapping each other. <laughs> yeah, all try, that stuff. I've still got to try and see yeah. Maybe don't go on your phones. Maybe let's yeah. engage in a conversation. But when I can do that, and I, much like this, the, the last session I did with this being born again, when we got, it, it took a while to get there, but when we got to that place, the discussion was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I think early days, but it really started to get them thinking, yeah, hold on, what do I think about Jesus yeah um, and and then the the kind of call I gave or the challenge I gave at the end was go and find out about Jesus if you know something about him go and see if it's true go and prove it to yourself yeah and I, I wonder if we're a bit worried sometimes about that we have to protect Jesus and we have to protect the theology yeah yeah that's, that's interesting true. yeah that's cool theology says no no you don't need to protect nothing start with what they know and help them understand it and reflect on it amazing Ollie great to have you on the podcast Great to know that your your thinking is live and rooted in current practice, not just things that happened five years ago and ten years ago. Um, one more time, just as that takeaway, give us those four questions again before we wrap up. Great. So the four the four practical theory questions are: what what's going on? So in order to answer that, you need to be present and you need to be attentive and listening. 
And then you can just ask, why is it going on? You've got to try and see behind the scenes, understand, hold on, there's a variety of factors that are leading to, to this experience. Why is it going on? Then what should be going on or what should be happening? And that's where you take it back to the Bible tradition and you reflect on it in light of all the wealth of theology that we have. And then you say, okay, in light of those three things, what's my response? How am I going to respond? And that's, I think, where the exciting new ways and workings of God can come through an individual and we can be confident in what we're doing that it's absolutely true and it's absolutely good and it's absolutely rooted in theology even if it looks completely different to anything that's happened before because we've gone through those first three stages really helpful ollie thank you for joining us on the limitless leadership podcast everybody thank you for tuning in thank you for listening thank you for watching uh, for the first time on youtube and we'll see you next month Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.